the radio show dedicated entirely to the little guy, Sean Yondo's Penis Posse, exclusively here on Measurection Radio. If I get a total echo, it's not going to be on my recording, is it? Probably not. It's probably just your the phone. Are you hearing an echo? Or I thought I heard one there, but now I'm not hearing it, and I could be paranoid schizophrenic. It's really hard to say. <laughs> possible that your mic is picking your voice up both from your voice speaking and also from your hearing yourself in your he- headphone if the headphone is not snug on your ear and is letting sound out around the headphone. Maybe it's hearing it through my head and I really don't have a brain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I may have to call a pee break because I was I was reading through all the things I'm going to read. We had a big long email from Gare Bear, which I printed out and, and highlighted the parts I want to read because it was too long to read the whole thing, and I had some news, and I was, I was practice, practicing it all, and then my voice was so dry, I downed a whole glass uh-huh. and a half of water, and I brought two glasses of water <laughs> up next to me. Resurrection Radio, episode number 16th, or release on January 28th, 2006. I'm your host, Sean, and with me is my penis posse. Hello, Alan, in Virginia Beach. Hello, Sean, and next week I'll be back in my home at, in Atlanta, and it'll be sleeping in my own bed at night, which will be wonderful. <laughs> Yay for oh, you! Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Hello, Josh in Charlotte. Hello. Hello, Diane, in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Yes, it is. Vancouver. <laughs> Girl Talk Goddess. Hey, ask me what I got. What you got? What do you got? What did you, what'd you get? I got a new computer. Ooh. Oh, Goddess. good for I you. I got an LCD. Is it LCD? <laughs> LED screen? LCD screen, uh-huh. A thin one. I'm very Ooh. happy. And Michael, our intern in um, New Jersey. Oh, that's where you're from. I am in New Jersey. Yes. The state without a motto. I just think of it as Gamora. Yeah, it, well, yeah. I live in Gamora, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> not for long, though. Not for long, though. Welcome. Did you skip over Josh? Did Sean, did you skip over Josh, or was I asleep? I think you were sleeping. You're not paying attention. Oh. <laughs> so to answer that, you were asleep. <laughs> I just slapped myself on the hand. <laughs> Too funny. Okay. To participate on Measurection Radio, you can call our dick phone. Our new toll-free number in the U.S. and Canada is 1-877-922-DICK. That's 1-877-922-3425. You can reach us on Gizmo. Uh, our handle is Measurection. Email us at radio at com or visit us on the web at www.measurection.com slash radio. Guess who I ran into last weekend? Adrian? Yeah. Oh, I had I had coffee with Adrian. I was going to say either Tim, the big, the round mount of sound, (laughs) or Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't met Tim yet, but no, I had coffee with Adrian last week. I happened to run in with him. How's he doing? No, he's doing really well. He actually gave me some computer advice and... We just had a coffee together, and it was really good to see him, so I wanted to give him a little shout-out. Hi, Adrian. That's why you got a new computer. You had to consult with him to get the buying advice first. (laughs) Well, no, I was actually doing networking advice, and Adrian, I'd really like to run into you again, because I have this cool wire and don't know what to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we get all this conferencing stuff worked out, we want to get him on the show. Oh, that would be so awesome. For our listeners who don't know, Adrian is... uh on the website, a regular contributor, and uh, and he appears with the username Canuck. 45. Yeah, and he's Canuck pretty much 45. one of the original members. Original members. Yeah. He's been with me since the very beginning. He helped me, actually helped me get things rolling before there was a Josh. Before my time. That's right. He was the one that brought me onto Measure Action. Changed my life. It changed a lot of people's lives. Aww. And in bringing you here, he changed our lives. Aww. Well, guess who I met? Who'd you meet? His name is Robin Hood Brian. Who's that? 
Well, it's a local celebrity here in East Texas. I've been thinking about doing something, and um, I just got some ideas rolling around in my head, especially since uh, Tim with RadioGay.ca uh, wants us to do some station ID promo things for the radio station, and I've got this terrible fan problem in my laptop that the microphone picks up, and we have to remove it every week. I was thinking that I might run by, and I wanted a tour. I've been wanting to tour That's this cool. guy's okay. studio. He's, he owns a recording studio here in East Texas, and I've been wanting to uh, see this thing for a long time. But uh, I thought, you know, I might run an idea by him, tell him what I've got going, or hint at what I've got going, and uh, see if I might be able to do some measurection RadioGay.ca. I had to feel him out, you know. I don't know if he's a redneck or Robin Hood Brian. It's Robin Hood Studios here in Tyler, Texas. And he's done some really classic stuff there that everyone's heard. I got to go in and meet him. I got a tour of the place, and it was just incredible, the history that's been through this place. And this is in a residential area, in a house, in a residential neighborhood. And I've got a clip. I want to see if you guys know this song, this classic song, which is recorded right here in Tyler, Texas. Everybody knows that. You know that, Michael? Yes, I've heard that before. ZZ Top. I got to touch the microphone that he sang into to sing that song. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> I just thought it was really cool. That's very it was a cool. really expensive yeah. microphone, one of those German microphones. Wow. And here's another one. Let's see if you recognize this one that was recorded at Robin Hood Bryant's here in Tyler. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. Now, who doesn't know that one? <laughs> Now see, now I'm hungry. Is that a real song? I have sang that song in my car. It's a commercial. Is it? For Chili's Restaurant. To me, that song was invented by Austin Powers. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever heard it. <laughs> no, it's a restaurant chain, restaurant chain here in the states with uh, southwestern style food, and their and their baby back rib, ribs are very good. <laughs> well, who did it first, the restaurant or Austin Powers? The restaurant. Oh my God, that's yeah. so funny. Now, now that part of the movie is even funnier than it was. <laughs> the guy that wrote the song was in the studio just before I walked uh. in. Wow. Then there, here's one more. I I think you'll you'll all remember from way back. that yeah i remember that oh yeah john fred and his playboy band john um, judy in disguise i think that's a little bit before my time there sean <laughs> josh you heard that before i've heard it before i mean i i wouldn't have been able to name i'm bad at naming songs and artists but i've heard that before yeah i've heard it before it's not something i listened to but i know i've heard <laughs> that's it. that's one that still gets some play on oldie stations you know you're old when i guess we're really showing our age huh ellen <laughs> well anyway it was an honor i mean it was that's such a cool uh, it, I, it was just yeah. really cool to get to go through and and i got to see all the photos of the pe of people wow. him with billy gibbons frank beard dusty hill uh the gold and platinum records on the wall and this gigantic the largest grand piano i've ever seen in my life wow. and uh 
It was just a lot of fun. It sounds like it. You know, he said, what's the name of it? And I said, Measure Action Radio. I said, it's kind of like Dr. Ruth for men. Cool. He wants me to bring him a CD of one of our shows. Oh, sweet. We could take him this one since we talked about it. He said he thought he could. He had some ideas for some NPR-ish segues from segment to segment, you know. Neat. So we'll see. Cool. Very good. Okay. Let's get into our email. We received an email in reference to the uh, Foreskin show. Uh, is This is from Andre. Dag's Foreskin list is missing something big. Hi, guys. Liked your show, Foreskin Fiesta. However, I would like to add something to your show that is rather glaringly missing from the Foreskin discussion. And that is the 15 to 20,000 specialized nerve endings that are eliminated permanently due to circumcision. These include the frenulum and the ridged bands which mediate the sensation of fine touch. This involves about 15 inches of skin in the adult male. The glands is an internal organ and is mucosal tissue, just like under your eyelids. How'd you like to have them exposed all the time? It, along with foreskin, is not skin. The hygiene issue, while is important, is equally so in females, and simple training can alleviate that. We don't chop off the arms to prevent, to prevent underarm smell. This is the same issue that female genital mutilation advocates present as good reason to amputate sensitive female tissue. Whether it's the female or the males, it's mutilation. This is a man's primary source of sexual pleasure. This is not conjecture. This is well documented. Just don't look in modern medical text, as most authors are cut. As one example to get you started, 1999 is the most recent complete study of the male's genitalia. British Journal of Urology, Volume 77, pages 291 through 295, February 1996. The prepuce, specialized mucosa of the penis and its loss to circumcision, by J.R. Taylor, A.P. Lockwood, and A.J. Taylor. How, after reading solid evidence of the Hewley erogenous, highly innervated tissue, we can blithely chop this exquisite sensory organ off an unconsenting child, mostly without painkillers. And this isn't a two-minute snip. This is a half-hour torture session. Am I being dramatic? You bet. And if you've seen an infant circumcision, you'd be appalled as well. I, for one, wish, with what I know now, is what is plainly available for anyone to see that I wasn't circumcised. Andre. Hmm, interesting. Have any of you seen a circumcision happen? Yes. No, I do not want to see one either. I accidentally walked in on my son being done. Oh, my. And was fucking horrified. My husband, my, not well, he wasn't my husband, but his father and I went outside and cried. Mm. It was so, so horrific. Mm. I didn't think they let the parents in to see something They don't. Like that. We didn't realize how long it took. Like, he's right. It's a half-hour procedure. I don't understand that because the, when it's done in a, a Jewish bris, mm-hmm. it, it happens in much less time than that. And, you know, and anybody in the room is, is free to, to, uh, to look. And family and friends are, you know, are assembled for it. Right. The child is mildly sedated by, typically by su- sucking on a... Uh, on the corner of a handkerchief that has been dipped in wine. Right. Ugh. Well, I don't know if the half hour is entirely surgical time. Prep time and such. But, I mean, they, they, they strap the child into a plastic mold, and they strap its arms and legs down, and there's no anesthetic, and the foreskin is very carefully cut with a scalpel. And we walked in just as the scalpel was being Ugh. used. Oh. And he was screaming, but it was already almost done. Hmm. It was horrible. I can only imagine. We also got another email, uh, this from Gare Bear. This was in response to our virginity show, and this was a nice, a very long, well-written email. Um, but because it was long, I, I, I'm going to read just some select parts of it. Hey, Penis Posse. I wanted to congratulate you on an outstanding episode 15. Who would have thought a discussion on virginity would have brought so much emotion to the floor? I had heard that Josh was a virgin, but Alan seems incredibly confident. I would have never suspected. 
Both have stories to which I strongly relate. I was still a virgin at 30. I was in denial about being gay. I was fat, and I thought I had the smallest penis in the world. I was terrified that someday anyone would see my dick, laugh, and word would spread like wildfire, and my secret would be released to the world, that I'd become a walking joke, and that my friends would abandon me. I worried that when I died, the coroner and the mortuary workers would laugh at my size. The secret I kept would someday be released. That's not an exaggeration. I'd masturbate like a madman, looking at porn I had bought at the local adult bookstore. There was no internet back then. The porn was mostly straight, because that's what the bookstores had, but I was able to find a few select gay porn titles. My fondest wish was to have sex with someone. Anyone. It was my greatest fantasy just to be able to have mutual contact, a bit of sucking, jacking off, or to have the opportunity to see a live male erection. Be careful what you wish for. When I was 32, I lost my virginity in an odd way. A co-worker attempted to rape me. He was strong and overpowering, a former Green Beret. He pinned me against the urinal and drugged me into the bathroom stall, stroking my penis while trying to penetrate me from behind. My pleas convinced him that the time and place was wrong, and he finally let me go. When it was over, I was shaking with fear while trembling with excitement. The man had seen my dick and had stroked it. I was hard, and he didn't laugh. He wanted me even more. There was a surreal mix of terror and eroticism. The next day, the man came to apologize. He said that he was under the influence of drugs and admitted to me that he was always, always found me to be attractive. I have no idea what was going through my mind, but I gave him a, bl a blowjob. I had officially lost my virginity. I didn't venture into another sexual experience for another two years. I ended up discovering anonymous sex in bathrooms and had about three other experiences. Then I met my partner through a mutual friend. Finding someone who could love me, fat belly, small dick and all, was a life-changing experience. It gave me the confidence that I previously lacked. Good things never last forever. After 12 years, the relationship ended. It was from complications from lung cancer. He passed away, leaving a tremendous void in my life. Mm. In that time, I accepted my homosexuality, that my penis was enough to get the job done, and that I was capable of giving and receiving love. I know I'm in the bottom 1 or 2% when it comes to penis size. Put me in a room with 100 men, and I'm bound to be the smallest. Put me in a stadium of 10,000 men, and there will not be between 100 and 200 men similar in size to me. I know that I'm not alone, and that there are many other men who have all gone through the same journey that we share in common. It's not so much that I want to see Alan and Josh lose their virginity, but I'd love to see them find a man who they could share themselves with. From the photos I've seen, they're both handsome men, and from the podcast, I know they both have great personalities, highlighted with intelligence, wit, and honesty. When it comes to the definition of virginity, for heterosexuals, it's pretty cut and dry. Penile insertion into the vagina. For the male gay community, there's no vaginal penetration. But there are four distinct types of virginity to lose. Receiving head, giving head, fucking, and being fucked. Each is a significantly different experience. They should probably be considered as separate forms of virginity, especially since there are so many other forms of sexual expression that have nothing to do with one's cock. As for lesbians, now I'm really confused, but I wouldn't expect much of a lesbian audience at Measure Action. <laughs> <laughs> but we're working on we're it. We're working on it. Thank you, Gare Bear. Indeed. Thank you so much, Gare what Bear. What an amazing letter. Yeah. Isn't it, though? Yes. He's an amazing guy. It was so well written, and, and it was... It, you know, it just it almost made it. me cry when he, mm -hmm. when he talked about his partner yep. and his partner passing. And his wish for Josh and me is uh, right in line with my own wish, and I suspect with Josh's wish. Yeah, me too, and thank you for the kind words. So sweet. Ellen, we're handsome and witty. <laughs> yes. Like y'all didn't know that already. <laughs> there was also a, uh, a, a post on the, uh, the forum on the website for uh, episode 15 from uh, a longtime member, Tom. He posted in part, uh, I think beyond definition, Alan sharing and Josh sharing with us should perhaps be the focal point. I say this because according to many members, a smaller penis for starters is allegedly the cause of so much that's wrong in a person's life. Why they aren't or are how they are and why their lives in general are like they are. Virginity seems to be another cause of the very same thing. Although I can empathize, I don't and won't buy that. If it was true, Alan and Josh should be miserable, bitter failures. Neither of these gentlemen flaunts their material success. By the very nature of their lifestyles, if one pays attention, they are each quite successful that way, 
and have been for some time. Again, they don't flaunt it, but both here and in their real lives, they are beloved and dear to many people. To me, an even more important measure of success. There may be something missing in their lives by not being partnered. I say may be missing because there's a lot of positive to be said for being unpartnered too. In my humble opinion, either could be the poster boy for virginity. I hope not. I really don't want to be the poster boy for virginity. But I, I appreciate very much uh, his sentiment and, uh, and agree with what, what he said, yeah, and it's very too. much consistent with what Gare Bear said. There, there's been, there was so much nice feedback from the, from the virginity show. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. That topic was a lot of fun to tackle, despite being a little, uh, little daunting for us to fess up our own. <laughs> yeah, tackle it was, wasn't it, at the beginning, trying to find a definition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One last post from the uh, website that I wanted to mention was from Ulcaster, who said, You hide it so well, Alan. I mean that as a compliment. It's a gift. I wear my self-hate like a cheap suit. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's important, I think, to, to, to say to Ulcaster and to others whose thinking may be like his, that it's not a matter of, of hiding self-hate. I'm, I don't hate myself. I'm, I'm not self-loathing. If ever I were, it, it was as close as I got to that was about being gay, not certainly, and shame about that, not about, uh, not about being a virgin, although in some ways being a virgin is, is the most embarrassing of the secrets uh, to reveal at the age of 61. Wow. Uh, Alan, but, can, uh, can I tell you, actually, uh-huh. I had a conversation with my sister after we listened to your podcast, uh, to the, our podcast in the car, and she, you know what? She didn't get it. She did not under. She kept saying, "But I don't understand. Why is he ashamed? There's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of." And I was trying to explain, you know how, you know, reiterate basically what you had said in different words. And and she's like, "No, I'm I'm sorry. I just don't get it. I have nothing to compare it to. I I don't see anything shameful." I think it's admirable, personally. Well, I don't. I have problems with with. With that, I, there are some people in whom I think it is admirable, particularly some young people who Wait. who make the conscious effort not to, you know, not right. to give in and, and behave like their peers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but that's I think, not your case. I think for me, no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, no, it's it's while whilst my values in part contribute to the to to the situation because I mm-hmm. I think that that sex for me needs to be part of a of a meaningful relationship and not a one night exactly. stand. Um, you know, that I've, I've just got this, this thing about avoidance of, of things that make me uncomfortable. <laughs> You're damn good at and it. And I guess the long, you know, the longer I've gone without, the more, the more I am uncomfortable about the, about presumably having to reveal to whoever, it, you know, to whomever it will be, that will be the first, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that I, that I am a virgin. Um, because if we're going to have, if, if it's going to be a successful experience, the, my partner needs to know that. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. See, and I'm on the I'm on the bubble between being admirable and yeah, you're kind of I, you're I, kind of on the picket fence with that one. <laughs> the older I get, the... I, I had one comment going back up to Andre. I meant to say something about the, this foreskin thing. He says uh, where he he mentioned um, uh, something that was rather glaringly missing from the foreskin discussion, and that is the fifteen to twenty thousand specialized nerve endings that are eliminated permanently. I apologize for us missing that, that having four circumcised guys on the panel. It's something that we don't have them. It's hard to know if you don't have, if you'd never experienced, it's hard to know what you're missing. Right. Yeah. Well, his, yes. That's true. And he, he made that comment with regard to the, the fact that most of the doctors who have written on the topic have been, mm. at least in America, have been people who right. are, have been for, uh, circumcised. It's, it's something we you don't know. know. Mm-hmm. Last week... I had asked my uncle because he had gotten circumcised about a year and a half ago, and he's about 50 mm-hmm. years old. And uh, I asked him, like, why, and he said that he had always gotten, like, urinary tract infections and stuff. And so he thought if he got circumcised that it would alleviate that. And I guess for that really? reason, he got it done. And I asked him, well, what's better? And he said, well, he never really sat down and thought about it, but they're both, I guess, equally good. You know, he said he doesn't really miss it, <laughs> but uh, I found that quite interesting, interesting, you know. I think I'm trying to recall. I know we've had one other person on the 
uh, on the site who said in one of the threads that he had been circumcised as an adult and that he found the, diff- the experiences to be different but but equally pleasurable. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've got any other any other people on the site with any experience on the subject or not. I could ask my father, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. It, it took me a while to ask my uncle that question. Yeah, really. I guess so. Well, let's see. We've got some penis news. This is from the Daily News. An award-winning new drama has arrived off-Broadway, and it's getting a rise out of audiences. But first, one of the actors has to get one of his own. Red Light Winter by Adam Rapp, a story of two former college buddies and a prostitute they meet in Amsterdam, includes a scene in which a woman rolls a condom onto a man's erect penis. Talk about performance anxiety. Hmm. That's one reason signs warning of explicit sexual situations are posted inside and outside the Barrow Street Theater, where the complex drama began an open run last Friday. And it's not only the scene simulating graphic intercourse. After the first preview, audience members were split on whether red light is too blue. (laughs) It was startling, said Matt Bernson, 27, a Manhattan shoe designer. I couldn't see it happening, but the implication of a woman putting a condom on a man is more graphic than I'm used to seeing. Ken Pritchard, 40, who works in real estate in Chattanooga, Tennessee, said the show was pushing the envelope. Carla, a 41-year-old housewife, said, The sex was hidden, and it's a small part of a much bigger, more complicated emotional story. The full-body nudity of the actors Christopher Denham and Lisa Joyce was very much a part of the play, a man said. The sex was just fine. You don't actually see the intercourse. It gave the play electricity. Besides, any time there's a pretty young woman, he added, I'm glad to look. <laughs> that drew a look from his wife, who said, that's enough on that. <laughs> notice notice the men didn't like that scene, and the, the, the housewife's like, oh, it was, it was fine. <laughs> Because <laughs> men watch porn, but because men watch porn, and so it's acceptable for men. Women don't really watch it, so for us to see a sexual thing, we're like, "Hey, hey, look at hey. that!" Whoa. <laughs> so that's uh, that's called Red Light Winter, and it's uh, let's see at the Barrow Street Theater, and it opened last Friday. Can you imagine being on stage and having to get hard every performance in order for the in order for your the act your fellow actor to, to perform her part of the, the scene? Well, that That's could be thing. some pressure. <laughs> Exhibitionist. It might be fun once or twice, but uh, then it, you know, <laughs> you might have trouble. <laughs> okay, then we had some science news. This is kind of funny. Newly discovered worm fences with penis. This is from Sydney. Uh, what Australian. This? <laughs> this, it's a newly discovered worm. <laughs> this is from Sydney, Australia. Australian scientists are set to announce the discovery of a species of flatworm, which is a member of a group of predators known as oyster leeches. Emma Johnson of the University of New South Wales said, The creature is one of the simplest organisms known, but its behavior is quite complex. Johnson and colleagues Kaman Lee and Mikael Beale have kept the organism, which is found in Sydney's Botany Bay, in captivity in the laboratory for up to a fortnight, watching as it attacked its prey. The creatures have both male and female parts and engaged in a sexual practice somewhat like penis fencing. To reproduce, (laughs) they try to stab each other with their genitals, and the first to penetrate inserts sperm and then goes on to spar with with another flatworm. The loser lays and broods the eggs. And uh, that was uh, just last week as well. The findings are going to be published in the Journal of Natural History. Sucker deal. That could be fun. No, well, that, I would be watching the Discovery Channel for that. Yeah. And while we don't have any, uh, any other sex news for this week, Diane, was the sex party on the ballot? Oh. <laughs> With the election on Monday. No, it wasn't. But what surprised me was the Marxist slash Leninist party. Who won? Uh, oh, not them. Oh. Um, <laughs> in, in in my town, it was the conservatives, and uh, for the prime minister, it's the conservative party. Yeah. So say goodbye to gay marriages. Yeah. Oh, He's going to put it happen. before the house, and they're going to have a vote. And I mean, they are the majority, so. But they're not a ma- actually no, they're not a majority government. They're they're a minority government. So if the liberals and the NDPs that are that are sitting also, or if they all vote together, and then they can veto it down. So yeah. let's hope that happens. Hmm. But a lot of people are moving their weddings up just in case. I wonder why the party wasn't. Uh, maybe it's not your. Are they called? We went through this last time. Districts. 
in England they're riding. called ridings. It's a, it's a riding. Is, is that what you have? You have riding. Yeah, in my, so, in my so municipality have... is, is a riding, and then the okay, town of Vancouver so... is a riding. And... I cut my toenails last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's, this has been our Canadian Government Lecture 101. Yes, it has. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. The penis is your friend. Embrace your penis. God knows we do. You're listening to Sean Yondo's Penis Policy on Measurection Radio. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's funny. <laughs> and before we do the topic segment, can I take a pee break? Again. <laughs> Go <Sure>. for it. <laughs> you might as well take the mic for those who like that. Be more than a man twice my age. Maybe you're pregnant. And we're back. <laughs> Did anyone see Mike Hip's review of our last show over on podcastsuit.net? No. Yes, I did. No. No. It's great. It's a, it's a big, long one. What did it say? Alan is a 61-year-old virgin. Wow, impressive. Alan was 50 years old before he admitted to himself that he was gay. Body image kept him a virgin afterwards. He seems to be a little ashamed of this fact. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. It might be a little handicapping in conversation, but not to be ashamed of. He's got it in bold. And uh, he goes on to say, The story of how Diane lost her virginity, it hurts so she got into the same situation the next day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great review. What's the website again? Podcastsoup.com or .net? Net. And where, where is his review of us? I'm, I'm on the page, but... I Scroll down till you see the 40-year-old virgin picture. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. I have to check this out now. Thanks, Mike Hip. Today we are discussing the movie Brokeback Mountain, just like everyone else. And uh, yeah. we've all, within the past week and a half or so, have gone to see it. I got to see it last night. I think, Michael, you got to see it today, right? That's right. And uh, I think Alan and Josh and Diane saw it last week, I think. Um, yep. Last week or the week before. And I'm st I'm still reeling from it. I've got to say, I, I know a couple of you know, I don't go to movies very often. Me neither. And uh, you know. I'm usually the last to see something. The ones that are the most hyped are the ones that I usually really don't like. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It's, it, it, I'm, I'm always I'm always loving the ones that no one went, no one went to see. So I went in this one kind of negative, thinking that I wasn't going to like it. And boy was I wrong. Hmm. This this deserves every bit of what it, uh, the the good stuff that 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 it's gotten yeah. and more. I, I love the movie. I want to see it again. I'd like to see it again. What do you guys think? I, I would like to see it again as well. Ditto. Hopefully through fewer tears this time. It, it was something. Yeah, I had to fight off crying because I didn't want to embarrass myself, but it, it was a truly touching touching film, and not a lot of movies touch you Especially like at the end. My sister and I went together and sobbed like babies. And it is indeed a love story. Definitely. Before we get really going, I wanted to warn everyone, we are going to talk about this movie all the way through so if you don't want a spoiler, how do we want to do this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We, a good disclaimer. You know, uh, when we get down to the end where we discuss the end of the movie, you might want to uh, turn your sound down for about four minutes or so. What's that clicking? Is everybody still there? Are we having conference call problems? I don't know. Is everybody still here? I'm here. I'm here again, okay. but, but there were dropouts and clicks and things. Yeah, I hear the clicks. We still have Sean. Sean? We lost Sean. There's your click. <laughs> Did Sean delete himself? Poor Sean. Did he hang up on himself? Are you Sean, are you there? <laughs> okay, he's gone. I'm gonna well what I'll have to do I'll have to hang up and call him and then come back into the conference. I'm picking out a thermos for you. Not just any thermos will do. Do we get? Do we have Sean back? We do. Hello. Good. Do we? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear I me? I hear you. Yep. Now we can. Oh, thank goodness. I don't know what happened. I was just talking away, just chatterbox over here. <laughs> and all of a sudden, hello. Am I supposed to start over? I don't know where we were. Whenever we were, we didn't really get. We didn't really get very far. 
and I want everyone to know I'm not good. I'm not a good movie reviewer. Uh, Same here. I'm going to be some color commentary here. I think that Josh and Alan, you guys see a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe maybe Diane and, and, and Michael do too, but... No, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to ooh and ah and say, yeah, I got it, and I didn't get it, and there's a couple of places that I had some questions, and okay, but I want y'all to carry the ball a little bit more if you want to, because I'm not a good movie reviewer, okay? okay I'm not either, enough. by the way. I'm... <laughs> Where's John when we need him? Yeah. I don't. I don't go out to a lot of movies, but I found this one. I I had to see it in the theater, and you know, I would be willing to pay that price over again to see it again. It was. Yeah. It was. It was so heart touching. It was. And heart wrenching. Oh, I'll have to buy this. I watched it this afternoon at twelve thirty. I caught the matinee, the first one. And what'd you think? Uh, it really didn't hit me until after I got my car. And then I started shaking. Yeah. Yeah. It was profound. I mean, just to see true love, you know, like that, and know that it, it just can't be, you know, according to those those times and in those circumstances, it just it just mm-hmm. couldn't be. And then the, uh, you know, and here's here's where some spoilers come in. But then the the twist of of violence against gay at the end that that sort of comes into play was just brutal so sad i mean it just that really made you you stop and i looked around to see if i was the only one being emotional because the theater was you know i I was i had to venture to like the other side of town to some mom and pop theater that i'd never been to you know way on the other side of town one of these old twin things with the bathrooms and the balcony upstairs sort of thing projection booth upstairs you know i i'm like well is this gonna be full of gay people or and I, it was I, I i sent a text message to sean while i was waiting to see it i'm at the brokeback mountain movie and there's gay people here and what, <laughs> what did you respond back he, he replied back with uh take your dick out maybe you'll be oh, someone no. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well, that's totally different from mine because i had a whole bunch of old ladies at my theater i had i had mainly women in my theater yeah. I had a mix. There were definitely there were definitely lesbians and definitely gay men there in in pairs. But then there were lots of little young yuppie couples that were coming in there, you know, the girlfriend dragging yeah. uh dragging the the husband out to see this movie, I think. Probably. And I'd seen some pictures on the internet of Heath Ledger nude, but I guess those were taken by paparazzi. So I was I, I was thinking to myself that the wives probably probably <laughs> probably dragged the husbands out to see See what Heath was, <laughs> what Heath had going on, but uh, okay. Since, wasn't really that, uh, since you're bringing it there, I'm gonna take us out of the wow, it was an amazing film, and just right down to okay, the kiss scene when they haven't seen each other for three years. Oh yeah, how fucking hot was that? Yeah. Yep. Oh yep. my god. <laughs> well, I was surprised too at how how quickly. You know they're up on the mountain and they're they're doing their thing and how quickly it went instantly into anal sex. I mean it it, it I expected yeah. some relationship build up and it was just like oh my god, <laughs> there it goes <laughs> again with the very hot. That that's why I asked that question. What was your question? Do y'all think that Enos was a virgin before he met Jack? That's a good question because it's several clues in there. That I believe definitely that he a gay was. virgin. No, no, no. I think he was. A you virgin. mean a hetero virgin? I think he mm-hmm. probably had sex with women, but not with men. Nothing. And I think that his, I think his, his interest in men had been repressed because of the childhood experience his father put him through with right. the, with the, the gays. And he seemed been... to know the whole strip off the clothes, find a hole, and fuck it thing. And I'm sorry, but uh, like it's not that smooth. Well, the first yeah, time. They didn't have the internet. Yeah, then. but see, the thing that made me think about that was when they was actually talking about their religion. And I think Enos right. said that he had never committed a sin. Oh. And if he... That's true. I did, You know, I did pick up on that. And in that day and age, he was engaged to Right. That, and to back that girl. then, they usually right. wait until but marriage, maybe. In that day and age, you, you Especially know... Especially up there. Oh. Yeah, that, that would have been... That's possible. That would have been the norm. Not that that's always what happened, but... Uh, that's sort of what I picked up That would have at least on. been what he what everybody should think what he wanted everybody right. to think good eye good eye yeah that's true yeah I was too focused on the hotness that was <laughs> this, yeah <laughs> for the first half of the movie it was waiting for more hot scenes I had to hold one back man I was starting to get one 
I had to hold it back. I had to hold it down because that was just getting a little bit too hot for me. (laughs) 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 And I had on khakis, too, and that's that's not the best thing to wear. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did anyone else pitch a pup tent up on Brokeback Mountain? I <laughs> no, I don't think so. Potentially did. <laughs> fucking a. I might have pitched. I might have pitched a chub. Well, but, yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. It was a semi. My sister and I are eating popcorn. We both stopped moving. <laughs> we both stopped breathing. We realized we stopped. We realized we stopped breathing when we both had to take a deep breath and look at each other and go, "Whoa." <laughs> Remember that one voicemail from Bronx where she. Explained the first time she masturbated was humping the bucket in the movie theater. You didn't oh, do that, did you? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you could have humped the bucket. I so could have humped oh. the bucket. I saw it on a Friday night, the uh, the weekend that opened here in Virginia Beach. The uh, mm. It was at, a, at an a, at a uh, uh, Regal 12 screen, and uh, they were showing it on two screens. They opened it on two screens, and... Uh, and the auditorium was full. This was, I think we went to a, there was a 7 o'clock show, and we went to a 7.30 show So in the, in the next auditorium over. And uh, it was probably a little over a third was couples. Uh, some, somewhere between a third and a half, I think, was couples, and, and the rest was, was men, presumably, presumably gay men. Uh, some in groups. Uh, I was in a, in a group of, there were four of us, and, and some by themselves. And uh, I think that it, it has to have been an ex- a, a very enlightening experience to the men who got dragged there by right you know, by their girlfriends or wives. To see such pain. I mean, I don't know how you could see the movie and, and not feel, and the, not pain. feel right. the pain. Yeah. Not feel That's the pain. It, yeah. Did anyone hear this week, um, and, and it, it's only really funny because talk about someone being caught totally off guard, but someone asked the president if he'd yes. seen <laughs> Yes, that. that was hilarious. Um, and I've actually, I've got the clip. I've oh. got the clip. Here's the clip from my news the other night. This is from the Charlotte awesome. News. President Bush was a bit tripped up by a question about the movie Brokeback Mountain. Someone at Kansas State University asked him if he'd seen the cowboy film. I hadn't seen it. I'd be glad to talk about ranching, but I haven't seen the movie. I've heard about it. I hope you go, uh, you know... (laughs) I hope you go back to the ranch and the farm, is what I was about to say. Uh, I hadn't seen it. He has no idea what to say there. Well, the crowd also apparently got a big kick of putting the president on the spot. You could hear him giggling. It's a very popular film, whether the president has seen it or not. Very honest. That's hilarious. I'll go back to his, uh, I hadn't seen it. I howled when I first watched that. Oh, I didn't, I have. I didn't see it. I read it in our paper, though. They did pick it up and put it in our, in our provincial paper. I happened to catch it. I just flipped on the news that I don't normally watch, and, and I've got the little DVR thing, and I was like, oh my god, i got to ca- capture this sound for the show, because it was, uh, like, Monday night, I He think was so was. stumped. <laughs> <laughs> One reviewer, I, I heard it being talked about on, on OutQ uh, radio, on, on Sirius Satellite Radio, yesterday or the day before. We're talking about a reviewer, and I, I, I'm sorry that I can't remember uh, what publication the reviewer wrote, but, but the reviewer was expressed uh, some concern about the way the women were portrayed and, uh, and, and in, in essence, used by the two oh, men, yeah. she felt, or abused, she felt, by the, by the two I men. I don't agree with uh, that whatsoever. Oh, the uh, the host of the show said, and I think I'm inclined to agree that that the reality is that all four of them, the two men and the two wives, were victims of homophobia. Yeah. Absolutely. I really felt for um, Michelle Williamson's. Uh, let's see, Michelle, what's her name? Michelle Williams' character yes. Alma, who was Enos's wife, Ennis. when she caught them kissing. His name is Ennis. Uh, Ennis, <laughs> Enos, Ennis. <laughs> Reuters, Reuters, sweetie. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, she caught them kissing. Oh, they, they show up and they was, run outside and they kiss and that was and the harsh. look and she's just so troubled and that I just really felt. I mean, you know, that was obviously something that that Ennis couldn't control. That was harsh. And then when he's out all night and then he comes in in the morning and just starts packing a bag and can't look at her look look at her in the eyes. Yeah, and she started to catch on to him lying about going fishing. She tied the note on the fishing yeah. pole and. It was still there. Oh, she wasn't catching later. on, honey. She knew right from the start. She knew right from the start. The moment just, she saw them kiss. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, she knows his passionate side. She sees it. Because he was very passionate with her, too. He did love her. Right. But he loved him as well. Everybody calls it the gay cowboy movie. Ennis is probably... I would say Ennis, Ennis is probably bisexual. Yes. Jack is probably gay. Okay, we were th- talking about this. We are talking about where they would be on the Kinsey scale. Oh, right. The Kinsey scale, one through ten? One through six. One through, zero, zero through six. Zero is completely straight, and six is completely gay. And I would say Jake was a was a six. Jack. Or Jack. I Sorry. <laughs> Rooters, writers, Jack, Jack, Ennis, Ennis. Ja- or Jack, Jack was, was probably a five, actually, because he did have a wife. Yeah. Yes, that's where I would put him as a five. Oh, that high? And I... Hmm. Yeah. And Jack, yes. Oh, and Jack. I, and I'd okay. put Ennis. Yeah, and Ennis, I'd put, I'd put uh, it like en- a two or a three. Yeah. Oh, really? That's I'd, what I just I'd said. I put him Enos with two. I, Enos, yeah. I, I'd put him at a three, I think. Yeah. Right in the middle, between zero and six. Yeah. Sean, what's your what's your take on the two? Or did we lose him again? Did we lose Sean again? Oh, crap. We're doing the whole show, and I'm like, he's being quiet. <laughs> I didn't even realize he was gone because he said that he was. Not a good. Hello. Oh, did you get disconnected again? I've been disconnected for ten minutes. I know. Well, we've just been having a conversation, and I'm like, Sean's quiet. I finally thought, well, what did you think of those guys, Sean? Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alan's gonna have to hang up, and I don't. Well, let's let me just try. Let me just try something here. Um, okay, can you guys hear Sean? Oops. Wait a minute. Crap. <laughs> he, he got disconnected again. Is I'm it glad I'm not fault? the only one dropping his calls. Well, it's like it rang and then it it, it disconnected. <laughs> Did you guys hear him say? <laughs> hear him say, "I've been disconnected for ten minutes." Oh no, ten uh, minutes! Yeah, he's like, "I've been disconnected." So, Did you get disconnected again? I was disconnected for ten minutes. Hello, hello. You're just having no luck tonight, are you? I don't know. I've got a crystal clear. Sean, are you still with us? I am. Oh, there right. you are. <laughs> No, okay. Now listen. Before if this happens again, I want you to just wrap the show up yourself, Josh. Okay. Okay. How long did it go on before you realized I was gone? Well, we don't know how long you were gone before we realized you were gone because we didn't realize you were gone. <laughs> well, because the Been last thing here you for said, Sean, was that you're not good at giving movie reviews, so you're going to let us. All right. Yeah. And, you just <laughs> and then, got and real then you quiet. didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> So then I finally, I, I noticed he was quiet and finally said, well, I better ask a direct question. We were discussing that, you know, the Kinsey scale, mm-hmm. the uh, zero through six scale of zero being 100% straight and six being 100% gay, that Ennis and Jack, Jay. Ennis, uh, yeah. J- Sorry, you're Jack. right, Jack. Mm-hmm. Why am I having a hard time with that? You know why it's confusing? His real yeah, name is Jake. So That's why I'm having Jack. a hard time with that. <laughs> it's so close to their real name. Well, his real name. We guessed that, that Jake was probably a lot closer to the gay scale, and Ennis was probably closer to the bi scale, that he he was drawn to it. But I, I think Jack would have settled down. I mean, he wanted to settle down and move to the ranch and, and just have a gay life. He wanted to have the gay life. Right. And I think, yeah, and, and his character did not. What, what you, what's your take on that, Sean? Holy crap. I. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> no, gone. God, it was gone. <laughs> I'm here. I'm thinking. Is it meant to be? I agree. I mean, Jack wanted to be, wanted to have the farm and the house and the business and the, want to be housewife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh. Except for he couldn't cook. Ennis, I think he was, he was dragged into it kicking and screaming, but decided he liked it. Yes. Uh, That's an apt I, description, yeah. Yeah, the, the liquor loosened everything up, loosened all the wheels yeah. up. Literally, apparently. But how many people, Literally. just Easily. don't you know that there are people all over that are in situations like this? Right now, Yeah. today, there's a, did you look at the Brokeback Mountain thread we've got going on in the in the TV yeah. movie? Yeah. As soon as I watched the movie, I came back and read the thread because I wouldn't read it before. We've got a guy, let's see, I think it's the most recent, Alan 51. Yeah, I saw the movie yesterday by myself in Flagstaff, Arizona. Often I become confused with movies as to what is going on or what the subplots are supposed to be about. Not in this case. Absolutely compelling, although emotionally I was not moved to tears as some others were. What really struck home for me was the difficulty the two have in arranging meetings. The boyfriend who I have met on this forum lives across the continent. 
I guess he's saying we live across the continent from each other and are trying to figure out how and when to meet. I mean, this is going on. This is going on all the time. And there's a lot of people that'll never act on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For fear, because I'm one of them. I used to be, anyway, especially around here. So I can really relate to them being scared of being seen, holding hands or hugging and stuff in their neighborhoods and stuff because. Here, you know, instead of tire irons, they'll just shoot you. Well, what do you think? What what do you think the true underlying message is in this movie? Do you think it's got to do? Do you think it's uh, don't wait? Uh, Do you think it's don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today? God, that's a tough question. I think it's an awareness that there can be true gay love. Yes. And an awareness of the the potential fear and threat of violence and, and fear that guys have to act on it. Right on. When they talked about the, the two guys that lived together and, and uh, the two guys that, that lived, you know, he was, he was talking about the two old guys that lived together forever and, and the one day the guy died and he, he was a real tough guy and he'd been dragged around by his dick and beaten up yeah. and, and that was just so sad. And then at the end of the movie, again, folks, here's a spoiler, but at the end of the movie when he calls... Jack's wife, and and he, and she's telling him the the BS story that the, yeah, the, the tire, tire exploded, the tire hit him in the head, and meanwhile you're seeing a, a flashback of him being beaten up and abused, and you know because he he had resisted acting on his feelings with anyone else but Ennis up until when it seemed that Ennis broke right. it off or or you know sort of caused him to go elsewhere. One thing that Doug Forty Eight NYC pointed out. Uh, in his post, he's visually impaired, and, and so he, he only got so much out of the movie because, you know, he has to follow the dialogue. But he also downloaded uh, the audiobook, which is available on iTunes currently. And he said the one thing that, that seemed different in how they adapted the movie from the, from the book um, is that when he saw the film, he thought that Innes was trying to break it off with Jack towards the end when he told him he couldn't, he couldn't see him again until November of that year. But the feeling that Doug said he got from the original story was that the, the reasons were totally legitimate, that it wasn't a breakup. And I could go either way. It kind of seemed like a little bit of a breakup or a put-off. I didn't take it as um, that. I didn't either. You didn't see it No, way. I saw... But then again, like, I, I've had issues with, with taking the kids for the weekend or... You know, like, shit like that happens. But I couldn't tell if it was a breakup, not because he didn't like him, but just because he he was so in fear of, of the way that this was playing out that it, it, you know, it was difficult for him to... Not difficult for him to make it to the mountain, but right. difficult for him to um, to continue living that way. Well, let me ask you this. There was a point where I was, well, I think I detected. It, was it jealousy when Ennis found out that Jack had been to Mexico? Yes. Oh, yes. most definitely oh, jealousy. Yeah. It was difficult for me to understand him. Uh, is that what it was that was about? It was jealousy. If you yeah. ever go, if most I ever catch you, I don't definitely. want to ever. Yeah, don't ever tell me about it. I don't want to yeah. know. Yeah, that was, that was pretty brutal. Because Jack hinted that uh, that he'd been once, and, and if I recall, he put off doing. It was sort of he wasn't anxious to do it. In other words, Jack wasn't running down to Mexico every chance he got. It was only when he couldn't see Ennis as much, he had to. You know, he had to find what he some, was missing, what he needed, what he was missing, what he needed. What, I, it saddened me the scene, the whole right. scene with Mexico, because he went. They sh- the scene that they showed him going down to Mexico was, of course, after he showed up unexpected at Ennis's house and got turned away. And then he ends up in Mexico, and my mind refused to grasp that. He, you know, says hi to the boy, and they go walking off, and I looked over at my sister, and I said, he did not do what I just thought he did. Michael, you had a question a little while ago, and I cut you off. Yes. um, A lot of people on, like, a um, a whole bunch of different websites are asking, was Jack a sexual predator against Enos? Like, did Jack initiate all of this stuff? And I guess I think even Enos alluded to the fact that it was sort of all Jack's fault that Enos was the way he was and all this and that. Well, I think they may have picked it up from Gene Shallot's review. Uh, Gene Shallot was criticized a lot by the organized gay community for having made that statement as part of his review, that he felt that, that Jack was a sexual predator and that Enos was his, was his, uh, you know, was his prey. I don't think that was the case. I didn't get that no. out of it at all. I agree with no, whoever it was, and I, I, it might have been Batman, um, who posted and said, you know, when, when a guy sexually approaches a woman like that, it's a pickup. But when a guy does it yeah. 
to another guy, it's a sexual predator? What? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's a... For me, mm-hmm. my take on that was that whole mindset thought process was homophobia. Right. No, I think it... I mean, I think their first contact released something in, in Ennis that had been there under he pressure. He not have even known about all, it. All those years. Yep. You know, actually, we've got a, uh, we've got a, we do have a clip that pertains to this, which I think is is Ennis telling Jack that this, this is just a one-time thing and never going to happen. Oh, play it. It's a one-shot thing we got going on here. There's nobody business but ours. You know I ain't queer. Me neither. Of course, I think for Ennis, that's self-denial. Yes. I think for Jack, mm-hmm. it's... For Jack, I think it's more like lying. For, for Ennis, I think it's Honestly, uh, self-denial. Honestly, yeah, I agree with you. My first thought with that was, liar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it seemed like Jack fell in love with Ennis the first time he seen him. It looked like he was just checking him out from the get-go. Like, yeah, definitely. I ain't no queer. Well, he was a good-looking guy. Wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah, I don't think... I wouldn't classify Jack as a, as a predator, but he, he was a... He, he's... From the, as you say, from the beginning, he was a gay man. Sexually interested. Looking to find someone. Sexually interested. And my take on the short story is that, that neither of the men is represented in the short story as being an overly attractive man. Really? Yes, that's what yeah, I've they're, heard, they're too. Both, they're both guys who, who, whose, whose appearance reflects the, the tough life they've led. Right. I see. So for the pictures, we get two Hollywood cuties to... Right. Well, you know something? Let me tell you something else. I, as I said, I don't go to movies. I rarely go to movies. And so I may be the last one on earth, but I don't know these two actors. I was doing a little searching on the internet for some information about Brokeback today, and I ran across a clip of Heath Ledger on Jay Leno. And I watched it, and I had no idea the guy was from Australia. Yeah, he's got a cool, he's got a cool accent. So he did an excellent job with the, with the rough guy redneck accent. I didn't realize that that he was Australian. I didn't know. Me neither. And they don't usually Hollywood usually doesn't get it right. And he he's done a lot of a lot of things where he's had to hide his accent, such like the Patriot and a Knight's Tale. He's not hiding his accent, honey. He's doing our accent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he said he wanted to do that, capture that region with a little dash of Texas thrown into it, and he did it. Oh, he nailed it. I mean, even, even you know, it's so annoying to us when we watch on TV down here trying people trying to play Texans. It's always wrong. Oh, kind of yeah. like and, uh, the whole Canadian, what are you doing, eh? I'm just going to take this down here, eh? <laughs> Isn't that what you guys sound like? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not like it's. We do say a a lot, but it's Where'd a lot it more from? natural than they portray it on American TV. There, I admitted it. We're just having fun with you, baby. <laughs> now this this movie won a bunch of awards, and I'm not familiar, but I know it. It was nominated for like seven Globe, eight Golden Globe, Globe, uh, Globe and Mail, Golden Globes, <laughs> Glo- eight Golden Globes, Golden Tweezer. Did you say? <laughs> oh, Golden Tweezer. Eight Golden Tweezer awards. How many did it win? Four. Does it, four. That's that's pretty huge for a movie. I mean, it's only playing it's in playing. one theater a city if you're it's lucky. It's very limited release. <laughs> yeah, and if you're in too conservative a city, you're probably not going to see it. It was just that good. I think that uh, at the bottom line is the destructiveness in everybody's lives of uh, homophobia, both those directly affected and those indirectly affected because of, of being in the lives of people who are gay. My my final word, my final take on it, is that what this movie showed me is how true love is and how true love can be between a man and a man can be just as equal as between a man and a woman. For those of us that are not gay and do not have gay relationships, it's not something we see every day. And to witness the anguish of of the true love when he's throwing up in the alley for example um, when he sees him again for the the first time in three years the depth of emotion I mean a lot of people that don't have it in their day to day don't see it, don't realize it and this movie was a very eye opening movie yeah they continue to seek each other out from far away years later if it were just if it were just a a sex thing you wouldn't go through that much effort you wouldn't wait three years and you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't drive 
12 or 13 hours, whatever he had to drive every time to visit to visit each other. Not a sex movie. I mean, it is. It's hot. Don't get me me wrong. It's hot, 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 hot. But it wasn't just, it was not just sex because he could have gone to Mexico. But as with any, any true deep relationship, it's, it's, the sex is fantastic, but that's an offshoot of, uh, it's because of what, what the relationship is. The sex is right. so amazing because it's of an amazing relationship. What effect do you guys think that this might have on uh, the gay community as viewed by the heterosexual that might go out and Not see enough. this? What do you do you think that I, it's I going to I wish you could to... force everyone to see it. Yeah. I do too. I mean, but I yeah. think I think it's it's going to be an eye opener to some to some. I think it's going to help tolerance. First of all, I think that the people that are going to go to the theater are probably already open-minded to begin with. The theater was didn't only had about 25 or 30 people in it when I was there. It was mostly young girls and about three older male female couples and uh, elderly. I think it's a good thing in many ways. Not just it's not just a good story. I think it's going to I think it's going to help things. I really do. I hope so. so. Yes. We need more films like this. Me too. Ang Lee, is that his name? The producer? Ang Lee is the director. Director? He had done like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I think. Yes. Mm Sense and Sensibility. Uh, Oh, what did you guys, did we, I don't know if you guys touched on this after I was cut off. What what was your response whenever the wife peeked down the balcony, off the balcony and caught him kicking? That was, I mean, I felt, I felt very badly for her. I cried. I gasped. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole theater just, (gasps) you just heard the big gasp. Yeah, that was very, very touching moment. Yeah, that, the fact that she knew the whole time, you know, and the whole charade, and you just saw his relationship falling apart, every little lie he dug, and you knew that he just had to, he had to dig those lies, and it just, it, it dug him deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. Till, till he eventually got divorced. Their sex turned into like the sex that they had up at the camp. Yeah, you know? he started to take her from behind. On her bed, he flipped her around from behind. Yep. Like, I noticed know? that too. Which sort of also makes me believe that he was a virgin before he met Tad. Oh. You think so? You may be onto something there. You may be onto something there. I think he was at that point when he flipped her over, he was missing Jack. And he was missing. That's what I thought. I, well, yeah, that too. Yeah, because it was rough <laughs> and it was from behind and. I might be reading into it too much. There was a little fantasy happening there in his head. Yep. I also wanted to mention, I liked the instrumental music that played through the beginning and, and a good chunk of the movie. I can't say the name of the of the artist, but it's Gustavo Santanella. Santanella? S-A-N-T-A-O-L-A-L-L-A. Okay. <laughs> but it is, the Brokeback Mountain soundtrack is available on iTunes, and I... I just bought it this evening myself. So nice. Well, the soundtrack is only that one song. No, no, no. Isn't it was it? a bunch of. Um, there's, there's a bunch of, of songs. <laughs> then there's uh, Willie Nelson at the end. Is that, is that a new one he did especially for the, oh, yeah. for the movie, or was yeah, that? Yeah, he was, one? he was a friend of mine. I don't know if that's an old one or a new one, but there's several. The instrumental stuff is all by that Gustavo guy, but there's there's a number of how many songs are in here? Seventeen songs on the tra- on the soundtrack. So King of the Road, even King of the Road. You know they put every song. Yeah, that was playing as he was crying and he was going away. Yeah. Or no, that was when yeah. he was on his way there, and he was happy. Emmy Lou Harris is is on the soundtrack. Well, it was good. That's all the time we have tonight. We hope you enjoyed our discussion about Brokeback Mountain. It's something I think we all recommend you going out and seeing. It's a great movie. To participate in Measurection Radio, call our dick phone toll-free in the U.S. and Canada, 1-877-922-DICK. That's 1-877-922-3425. On Gizmo, our handle is Measurection. And please send us email. Give us some comments. What would you think? We love getting email, radio at measurection.com, or visit us on the web at www.measurection.com slash radio. That's M-E-A-S-U-R-E-C-T-I-O-N dot com slash radio. Thank you, listeners and visitors. Hey, it's Bronx Bombshell, guys. Awesome show, and I think Michael totally fits in very well as the newest member of the penis posse. But I still miss John, and I hope that he hears that he's missed. Um, I love the new dick phone. Love it. This one's so much better than the old one, mostly because I could never remember the area code for the other one, and also largely because this one's got Sean welcoming you to the 
pick phone. You know, that's awesome. You know. Um, could I have a sound bite of Sean going, Tarana? <laughs> that's really all I have to say right now. I have, like, other serious things to say, but, you know, when I'm not in such a goofy mood and um, when my cat is not wailing in the background, she's in heat. All right, bye. Tarana. Yes, I'll just take your glasses.